Welcome to Fiction Authors Talk Books, or Fat Books Podcast. This episode, I'm talking with the fun-loving Jules and Hunter, who write as Jules Hunter, about the benefits and struggles of co-authoring. I named this podcast Fiction Authors Talk Books because I wanted to incorporate all aspects of being a fiction author in the discussions. Being an author is a stressful job with high expectations from both ourselves and our fans, so this will always be a chill conversation that probably goes off topic most times, but we'll have some fun. If you enjoyed the podcast and would like to see your favorite author on here, send them this link and they can get in touch with us at fatbookspodcast at gmail. We take all authors who write fiction and have them published as long as they're polite. Thanks for joining and on to the podcast. Yeah, I got to get better on the advertising. I, apparently, I'm like the last holdout who doesn't do ad, Amazon ads and all kinds of stuff. I just... Congratulations. We're right there with you. Oh, good. We can all be idiots together because that's what somebody was like. You're an idiot because it's just wasted potential. I'm like, I just, I don't have the brain capacity to get all into it. Like, I know this, the podcast should be more marketing and more this and more that, but I just kind of like, eh, let's just have fun. Let's just talk. You know, it is what it is. And somebody's like, why, why, why are you doing that to yourself? I'm like, I don't want it to be a promo thing. I don't want it to be like, I don't want to try and gotcha anyone. I just like, dude, let's just have a conversation. But, you know, again, like showing both sides of it, like you guys are not the norm. And I, I had somebody once where they were having issues with their husband and they were, she was like, yeah, you know, I was thinking maybe I would start writing with him and be, you know, or sharing my ideas with him. And oh, like, God, no. Yeah. See, that's what I get nervous about. Like, oh, I heard on the podcast, like, you know, that this was this worked so well for them. Maybe I should do that with my husband. Like, no, no. I mean, maybe maybe work out for them. Maybe that would be great. There's days I go to work and we're happy and everything's good. And we come home and we're having a hard discussion about characters and which way they're going. And we're like, hey, wait a minute. This isn't our life. This is their life. Yeah. <laughs> they should be fighting about this, not us. Anytime you have two different opinions or two different people, there's going to be contention. Mm-hmm. And so just for introverted me, it, it was very stressful. Even if she always gave me what I wanted or we were on the same page, it's just, it's a very stressful situation to be in for somebody who just prefers to do her own introverted thing. Yes. <laughs> no, that's totally understandable. I don't see you as introverted, though. You seem like such a, just a fierce, like, take me or leave me kind of person. Like, if you love me, great. If you don't, fuck off. Well, you're not wrong. Which, that's the kind of personality I I really love dealing with. (laughs) We love honesty. We love realness. And good business practice. Let's be honest. You're building a business, your brand, your life. You know what I mean? You better, if, if, when I built the construction, or when I built my uh, recycling company, it was, I had to have contracts. I have to have uh, lawyers and and things in place in order for everybody to be protected. You got to do that as well as as an author. Even if you're just, say you're just somebody who says, you know what? I just want to write a book. You know, I just want to throw a book out there. Just, just, just yep. to have some fun and say I wrote a book. You better protect yourself because somebody's oh, going to yeah. come try to steal I, that book from so you. There have been so many times where I've had to like curb what I want to say online because I know that somebody is immediately going to try and do it first. They're going to try and take what, you know, I've been saying mm-hmm. or what, what I want to do and just run with it. I've had it happen. I have it now. There's a series... And I can't remember the name because I try to pretend it doesn't exist. But there's my biggest series is Artemis University. And there is a series, the college name sounds almost exactly like Artemis as well. And the main character, mine is Tamsin, hers is Tamika or something. And it's like 90%. She's a redheaded fairy who, and I get it. I don't have the lock on redheaded fairies. Like I'm not that kind of author where it's like, oh, you copied me. 
this is copying me she changed the names she changed like a couple different things like i think the main love interest isn't a bear shifter it's a cougar shifter or something like a, a puma shifter like there's a couple small things but the guy's name is luke l-u-c instead of luca and he acts a certain way yeah I mean, it's like the entire framework, but it's technically not copying because it has to be over 90% of the book to count as copying you or whatever. It's worse than that. Let's be honest. When it comes to trying to fight for something like that, there's no fight because it's all hearsay. Oh, yeah. And it's all creative credentials. Oh, yeah. So even whenever you get into that situation, you're not going to win. It's oh, yeah. not going to be a winning situation no matter what. Yep. Yeah, so I mean, it's probably stupid of me to ever put like the blinders on, but I can't spend my time getting anxious. Like, what what are you going to do? I don't like it either, but I had fans that were like, we'll do something. Like, she can't take over Tamsin like this. I'm like, she can. Like, it's, I mean, she calls her something else and she's rewriting. She'll do a different ending or she'll finish. I, I can't control that. I appreciate you guys getting upset on my behalf, but <laughs> yeah, we did. I'm I do. <laughs> I absolutely love my readers. I mean, even yeah. the goofy ones that do stupid and say stupid shit. Like, I love my my fans and my readers. They are so hysterical sometimes. Somebody, like, got sassy on Facebook and was like, God, I'm, I'm getting, I, I think I'm going to leave this group now. Of course, they didn't understand that my Facebook page was not a group. So they were just, like, posting to my Facebook page, like, I think I'm going to leave this group. She's really getting kind of whiny and I'm I'm tired of it. And, like, five different people immediately were like, you understand you're on her page telling the person that they're whiny and a little bit of drama as you're causing drama, right? Like, they were very nice about it. I just kind of laughed. Like, whatever. I get people telling me that kind of stuff all the time. I didn't really care. But it was, I mean, it's heartwarming that, I, you know, th that your fans are that protective of you. I didn't say or do anything until he started getting snitty with the people talking like, oh, I can't have an opinion. I can't. What? I'm like, nope, you're banned. I'm not. We're not pulling this shit, guys. <laughs> I absolutely love my fans. The only time I get sassy with any of them is like I'll announce that a new book is coming out and that one or two or 15 people who are like, oh, I don't really I'm not in the mood for this one. When is the next whatever coming out? And I just feel like the mom of. <laughs> This is what she, yeah, you're laughing because it's like we all feel mm -hmm. this, but it's like I feel like that mom where I'm like, this is what's for fucking dinner. You eat it, you love it. And, and you know what? And if you don't like it, you're not getting any more. Yeah. And that's like the one time that I get snippy with my fans because it's like, no, just no. I, you have no idea what I went through to get you this. Just love it. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. No, you're, you're speaking the right language. Yeah, it's, it's really funny because lately we've had people on where they only have like one main series or they've got like some spinoffs of that. And they're like, oh, yeah, I don't really get that. I'm like, because I have like 20 series. Like, not really anymore, but because I don't write mail mail anymore, but... I've got like 10 Aaron series and it's like, oh, I want Sarah. I want Sarah. Where's Sarah? And I'll give like the new book coming out of Sarah and somebody's like, I really missed uh, the Succubus series. And like, when is the next Artemis? I'm like, nope, y'all bitching for six months that you want a fucking Sarah. You got a Sarah and you will like it. You will review it. You will not be sassy with me. Like, it's just, it's so bad. That's the only time I get like with fans oh man <sighs> now see that's crazy we have just started a succubus series and well actually a year or so ago yeah okay. uh we started it and then we had to retitle and recover it for whatever reasons but because once again the industry is tough and, and people are out there us. trying to get you yep <laughs> and they screwed us and we had to retitle and recover all of our stories oh no anyway um and our other book deceived it's the animus series but 
the villain comes in and takes over and he names it the Artemis. Oh. So uh, no. Yeah, I was like I was like, "Oh." You hear? Yeah, wow. Oh. <laughs> That's funny. I had somebody ask me if I named it Artemis University because of the NASA launches and was I trying to get free promo off that. I was like, if you think I'm that tapped into the real world around me wow. where I could have plotted that one out, I would be awesome for one. Like I wouldn't knock anybody if they tried to do that. It's a, it's a little sneaky and underhanded, but let's be honest, there's way worse things that happened. In <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not that tapped in. I didn't know. Like it's, I mean, I just... I liked, yeah, it, it is what it is. But yeah, no, I wish I was cool enough for that to have worked out that way. <laughs> right? I wish I was cool enough to think of stuff like that. Yeah, right. I'm not. Let's be honest. Now, would you ever co-author with a different married couple who worked together like you guys do? Like what kind of chaos you would come up with for authors, basically? That would be really interesting. We have a couple of writing schools and stuff that we go to and we're a part of. And that we have been talking to other couple authors that are in other industries and genres. And it's interesting because I don't know if that would work because there's so much give and take between the two of us. And right. we really try to push the narrative, I guess, the push the, the idea the story forward right that it would be really interesting to have somebody else doing the same thing next to me and maybe not on the same page yeah <laughs> we do have a couple of co-writes coming up though okay. we do co-write yes we do co-write with other authors and we have other co-writes that we do with other people so i mean it's not out of the woods just yeah. not a couple just not a, we've just never done a couple before that would be fun to try you know we do all types we, we do single we'll do a couple you know whatever you need whatever you need yeah, we'll orgy, right? We don't care. <laughs> oh my God, the customer service just came out. Whatever you need, we'll get it done. We're here to help. Here to please. <laughs> oh my goodness. The mind went somewhere bad. And now, please crazy. understand we are erotic, Arthur, so we do get dirty all the time. And we are very clean, never. So <laughs> very clean, never. You mean your mind? You do have a dirty mind. Which is why we became erotica writers instead of just yeah. writer writers. But yeah, we do have a BDSM series that we're a multi-author series actually that we're working on. So that we're a part of. Yeah. The BDSM in that story is the only thing that's not real. It's a mafia story, which is a big part of my family. <laughs> and also it's about a, a woman who her dad sells her to another mafia. I grew up in Europe in the Middle East. And when we were living in the Middle East, we were living in, I believe, Iran at the time. My dad tried to sell me to a sheikh. I was 13 years old. Again, we're back to my dad being a total loser and being, you know, the the main reason I'm able to come up with these crazy ass stories. Literally, our books are real. Like this shit oh. really happens. Just in different versions and uh, blown apart some aspects. Wow. Some of the stuff that actually happens in our books, it sounds kind of made up. Yeah. It's actually happy happened. Yeah, it well, actually happened. Yeah. And I mean, let's be honest that real life is pretty fucked as it is like i said several times that i had to take a break from seraphine because the outlines i had were real life got worse so okay it's an fbi series she's a werewolf obviously with fbi and pack alpha in chicago there's going to be politics mm -hmm. you can't yep. fight it whatever i never say that it's president obama that she had to get involved with and do stuff but it's clearly president obama just from the way that he talks and everything talking about him being from chicago i have always had the series that i mean it's i've been writing that series for like 10 years i'm on book whatever 
but it's always loosely followed what's happened in the world. If the world was just five steps to the left and we knew soups were out there. Well, I didn't think of Donald Trump being such a fucking disaster and that crazy and him getting, I mean, I did think he was going to get voted in. Everybody likes an underdog and everybody likes this and that. And when he did in the whole original, not to get into politics, but the whole original Stormy Daniels thing. And the reason I got into writing was because I wanted to rewrite the endings of stuff, bad stuff, like even stuff in my own life and everything. I just always wanted to rewrite the endings. Yep. So that was always going to be how I handled that crazy was I was going to rewrite that ending. And he was really, I'm not going to give away the outline, but it got to the point where the real life was just so much crazier than my outline, like high in insurrection, high everything else. That I actually had to stop Sarah for a bit because I was like, I don't, I don't even know what to do. And I'm OD'd on all this shit. Like, I, I don't even want to deal with it. So yeah, like I've had to apologize that like now that I'm getting back into it, it's, it's 2017 in the timeline in the books. And now that I'm getting back into it, I don't name him or anything, but it's clearly him. And I'm like, sorry guys, but this was always how it was going to be. I promise I'll make it as painless as possible. And somebody's like, just skip it. I'm like, you know what? I think that asshole took enough from a lot of us and I'm not giving up my outlines to him on top of everything else. I know that's probably childish, but I'm like... This was always the plan. This was always where it was going. So yeah, I get what you're saying about like real life is sometimes fiction is not enough to make real life happen. But yeah, so like a bunch of my outlines, I'm like, oh, the real world was so much crazier than I was going to. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really weird because it's happening across the board a lot of times. You know, it's uh, the world that we live in now is completely different. Yeah. In the last five years, the, the world is completely different than any of us has ever seen. So it's all new. And that's what as authors, you know, we have to write that we have to immortalize it, even in stories, fiction, nonfiction. However, it still needs to be put down on paper. And I think as people, as society in general, as long as we understand that our story is very young, we've only been on this earth, you know, even as the United States, we've only been as, as a country for 200 years. And so our story is very young yeah. and very youthful. So we're going to have situations like we do with presidents that we have right now that are acting kind of erratic and irresponsible. And it'll be interesting that how readers will take that into spec, maybe not right now, but from 10 years from now, whenever they start reading books again like that, and they're like, oh, wow, I remember that. I remember and that you kind of giving that feeling back. So that's kind of interesting. I like that. Yeah. Well, and I think it's also important. I mean, like, yeah, I get it. I write there's sex in my books. I you know, I'm not a political commentator. However, comma, my one of my degrees is actually political science. So I do actually have a large background in education in that. But I think it's important to always have the commentary. It's not even just about writing to change the ending. For me, I don't like the perception that we give a lot of times either by our leaders or whomever else about how America is. And I have fans in other countries and I know it probably sounds petty, maybe not petty, but I don't want them to think I'm a typical idiot American kind of, you know, crazy head. Agreed. There's a line coming up in one of my books where the minister or whatever is from Greece and she's like, look, I understand that most of you think that your president is the most powerful man in the world and you're the greatest country in the world and blah, 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 blah. But you need to understand that there's hundreds of other countries that don't feel as you do. Yeah. That's your perception for one man with the nuclear launch codes. That's not always power. You know, fine. It's a small scene. It's a small snippet from one author's book. But to me, that's important to give that context of like, look, 
look, I get it. A lot of people act like this. A lot of people think like this. But the average American does not. We pick on this shit more than you do. And the way I see it is, is that I'm trying to leave my political views out of it. We hear the 1% of America on both ends of the stick. Yeah. You know what I mean? We don't hear the 98% of all of us who are like, listen, we just want things to run right, not have to pay a whole lot of money, and to people for everybody to be treated equally. That's all we're looking for. There's three major things that United States are looking to do. That's as a country, as long as we get to our goals, that's what it should be about. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And I think a lot of what you hear on TV and the news media, we all as Americans just understand that, hey, we're just here to write books and try to put our story out or try to do whatever our life is doing, you know? Yeah. We hear it too, because we do have a lot of international authors as well. And it's like, well, what do you guys think about your policy? And it's like, no, 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 no. If it has to do with deceived, it has to do with a race, you have to deal with some shifters, a vampire, it has to do with something like that. Let me know. I'm here to help. Yeah. <laughs> but when it comes to other stuff, I try, I leave it alone. I generally do, but I really can't with this one series. Oh, yeah, no. You're right. You're up against the head there. Well, I had a few people that just gave me one star reviews on every book I've ever written when I, you know, picked on Fox News, but I also picked on CNN. <laughs> I am an equal opportunity picker honor. And if you're an idiot, I'm going to pick on you. Like, you're all, like, they're all idiots at one point in time and they all deserve it. However, comma, she is an FBI agent. If you are shocked that she's for the federal government, like, right, right. So please pay attention to this. We're, you know, like, I'm not even giving my, my, I don't even know that I'm a very good liberal, like, or however it is nowadays. Like, I don't even know where I land. Just, I land on the side of sanity and I land on the side of logic, right. which I don't find is in um, mm -hmm. either party anymore. So I tend to identify as independent. But that is not even my politics. But yes, the division chief with the FBI, who is a werewolf, and obviously Soup's rights would be, you know, more of the liberal whatever rights. We're, I can't believe that that's considered liberal. But like all of that, I'm just like, why are you shocked? Are you really worried about the vampires and shift shapeshifters out there? They're like, yeah, your political commentary is not needed or welcome. Well, you don't get to decide that in my books, for one. <laughs> right? Would you yeah. say that to George Lucas? No. Because Star Wars was 80% political. Uh-huh. This is not a new thing. Yeah, you have to write to what you need to. Let me ask you a question, because as an author who writes political stuff, you have to write both ends of it. You have to write on both sides of it. So you have to be thinking of both sides of it. You have an objective opinion. You're not holding one side or the other. So it doesn't really matter because we're authors. We're here to tell a story. We're not here to come up with our own opinion. And my view isn't actually always the same as the main character. Exactly. Like, there are certain things that she kind of says. The whole point of her saying it or feeling it is so you see the world from a different side. That is my job. My job is to make you think. My job is to make you see something else. Your, my job is to is to make you feel. In a different series, there is a banshee who the demons do something with the banshee. And as a warning, the banshee actually kills. And my editor was like, I had trouble with this because she is a principal. And at one point, the banshee kills like 300 kids, students, six-year-olds, or like around that age. And she said, "I this might be too graphic. She's like, I had a problem with this. It was very hard for me to read. And I said, well, and she's like, but I pushed through. I said, one, I don't ever want you to push through. If there's a problem, I can get somebody else to look at a section. I never want you to force yourself to do anything. I said, however, I want this to be uncomfortable. I want it to be where the character cares enough and immediately does something about the 300 and something 
dead kids because she's apparently better than other leaders because they're not caring about all the dead kids. I wanted that to feel uncomfortable. That was the goal. That's something I think a lot of writers go through too. How much to say? Yeah. Well, also the reader wants to see the character's growth, right? Mm -hmm. Well, they can't grow if they don't come from a shitty place to begin with. Oh, for sure. There's going to be something, right? I mean, even some of our readers are like, I can't believe that your character was acting like that. Well, you know what? Our characters aren't perfect. Just because you love them doesn't mean they're perfect. You have to love their entirety to truly love them. And there's going to be growth. So they have to come from someplace you're not going to like. Right. And I actually had that. It was a recent review. And she was completely right. The character was acting like a baby. The character was acting like this. Like everything she was saying was true. And that she was tired of it. We get judged harsher as women, you know. Yep. I've had people be like, oh my God, not everything is about sexism. And I'm going, everything? No. 90% of it is. And if you're not paying attention or if you're not seeing it as that, let me open your eyes because this is the world we live in. I don't disagree with her opinion. However, comma, how am I supposed to make her have a happily ever after? How is she supposed to grow if she's not a jerk in the beginning? <laughs> exactly. And that's why a lot of times we as authors, the political game, we try to stay away from because there are a lot of authors that do, like yourself, you're able to find a way to put it in your book. You make you feel like it's it's a part of you and what's going on. Whereas us, we're like, eh, maybe a lot of people are getting a lot of this in their day-to-day life. So let's try to push that back a little yeah. bit. You know, we try to kind of keep that back off of our books. We still don't get this wrong. You have to have it in there because it's structure. It's political, social. It's the real world. You can't yeah. just... Yeah. So so you have to do that. But we as authors, we try to kind of ease back on that and keep it very even keeled, but also put the story right. But you know? at the same time, though, when you have like, let's use werewolves, for instance, it's going to be political. Oh, yeah. Right. Even vampires in Coven, it's political. There's always oh, for sure. political, yeah. regardless of what you do. It's just mm-hmm. it's your writing style that determines how it's perceived, I guess, is the best way to say it. And it depends on what story you're trying to reflect inside your own story. And I think it's really cool that as as authors, we get that opportunity, you know? Oh, for sure. And it's honestly, it's not even so much that I want to write the politics of it. I've just read other series where they ignore the politics of it and it falls really flat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Because you can't just ignore when she works for the FBI when she's pack leader of Chicago and surrounding areas, you can't ignore that. You just can't. Like, an FBI division chief will absolutely worry about the new administration. She has to go before Congress for the confirmation hearing of the new head of the FBI. That's just life. How do you ignore that and gloss all over it? I get it. And I, you know, there's a lot of it I've toned back because of so much of the crazy and I don't want to. But at the same time, like, there's some... Yeah, I'm going to give the book isn't out yet, but there's something that happens political. And, you know, like I try to use those instances where, of course, this is going to be in her life. And, of course, it has to be in the story to be well-rounded. But instead of just screaming back, she does something different. And that's what I want. Yep. Our job is to make them see something else, make them think about something else, something better, something where it's not a shit show. So that's that's for me. It's like, yeah, I had to stop because I was OD'd on politics. And normally politics and stuff is like my football. Like <laughs> I used to enjoy that kind of stuff and the difference and like, oh, my God, they didn't really go there, did they? You know, <laughs> you can't just leave it so one sided like it's that's not believable. And it's it's flat. Exactly. Oh, 100 percent. We go through that with our military series. 
animus. The government, I'm an army brat. I was raised to, you know, respect our military and believe in our military. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not always respectable or believable. Yeah. And I had to put that in the book. It doesn't mean I necessarily disregard what the military does for us or does not do for us. It's just a matter of that's the story. Oh, yeah. You know, it's going to happen. That's the reality. And like, and like Hunter was saying, both sides. I show that all the time. My grandfather was a retired general before he died. So like I'm military family too. But my dad is also a retired Chicago cop. So oh, I'm wow. a, yeah, I'm a cop's kid. And I absolutely, in general, respect the police. And there are certain things where I'm like, just don't do that. You know, don't, don't just don't try to see it from the other side. But there are horrible cops out there. Like, duh. And I show that too. She's always busting somebody. She's always, there are just assholes. Like, you know, yeah, you can't have a be pro cop, pro everything and not show the other side of that where somebody's dirty, somebody's helping the bad guys. Like, you have to be fair in that and just show all the sides, basically. Yeah, no, no. And so it's kind of interesting because like you said, you have a different perspective and I have a different perspective, but I love writing cops that do the right thing. Yep. That makes me feel good. Yeah. And I write them that they are bad too, because they are. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like we, like we, it's like any, like you were saying, any other profession. We've talked about bad authors. We've talked about, you know. But it's, it's sometimes like I have stories that I know from growing up around cops and firemen, and there are some things that people just don't think about until you point it out to them. Sometimes, like I use a story coming up, and it's a real thing that happened where. The guy I knew, he was a bit older than me, but he became a cop. And his first call ever, with still his training officer and everything, was a major car accident. And then his first night, he had to go tell a woman that not only her husband died, her dad died in this. Oh. And... The, that's the first time they had to go make a call and had to go oh. and he was a kid he was i mean he's 21 22 whatever it is how older he was and he had to go destroy their world and i remember seeing him not long after and i didn't know what was going on but he was just sitting at a bar and i'm like since when do you drink like this man and he's like you know it's it, it is it is what it is and it's people don't always see that side of cops where they're the ones who bad or good they've done nothing wrong they have to go destroy somebody's life by giving them the news and it's mm -hmm. i think some of that kind of stuff if people heard that more understood that more saw it you know yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe they'd understand why cops can be so cold at times because they have to do that stuff. Is it always right? No. Are they jerks? Absolutely. Listen. Like, I'm not defending them. I'm just saying, see it as, you know, see that side I of agree. it. I agree. And you're talking about a profession where you wake up in the morning and you put your suit on. Your life is in danger yeah. from beginning to end. Yeah. There's no other career in this world that you have to fight for your life when you go to do your job. Yeah. That's where I, th I think people in general need to understand. And I think as authors, we get to write stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. We get to put perspective into people. Even in a fantasy situation, we get to put a little bit of real life in there yep. so that they're like, oh, wow, you know what? Maybe I didn't think about my local police officer like that. Yeah. Because they're reading it in a story about a shifter who just got into a fight with a vampire. Yeah, exactly. And it, it puts it into perspective for them. When the Chicago Bulls were Michael Jordan and everything and super awesome and everybody was uh, – I've had people even when I was in college be like, oh, my God, that must have been, like, the best time. And I would just laugh because 
I'm like, no, we always all hope they lost. And they're like, what kind of Chicago loyalty is that? And I'm I'm sitting here going, the loyalty where my dad had to go put on fucking riot gear mm-hmm. because the Bulls won and there was going to be looting and riots. And so, yeah, all the cops kids I knew all hoped the Bulls lost so their parents didn't yep. get hurt. Oh, yeah. L.A. was the same way, too. It was like the L.A. Lakers. They do the same thing. It's like, and it's so sad. It's like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. I've had so many people when I've told that be like, I never once thought of that. And the trauma, like I've said a lot of times, even when I joke about dating, like, I don't know how I'd ever be a stepmom. Like, I don't, I don't know if that's, that's something I could ever really, you know, step into. And somebody else was like, well, what else? I was like, I'll never date a cop. And they're like, I'm sorry, what? Like, aren't you a cop's kid? It's like, yeah, I've had enough of that in my life. I've had to sit up and wait and wonder if a family member will come home. I grew up with that. I know I could never do it again. So, you know, yeah, I just want to go back to fiction. No, I love fiction. <laughs> Every time I look at anything, it's just so damn scary. And you're like, oh, this this just hurts my head. I want to go back to fiction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah where's the vampires when you need them? Yeah, right? <laughs> Let me deal with the blood loss issue as opposed to, yeah. like, politics. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I want to give a big thanks to Jules Hunter for joining me for such a fun conversation. Also, to all of our fans for checking this podcast out. I hope you liked what you heard and decide to stick around. Please make sure to subscribe to the Fat Books podcast on YouTube or Spotify or that little purple icon on your Apple device. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook to stay up to date on who we're recording with and when episodes are coming out. There's also a Patreon if you want to support the podcast and keep it going. Now let's hear a bit about what they're working on and what to look forward to from them next. Okay, basically we have a social media hop coming up, just multiple authors, and you're going to get a chance to see every author who joins, what they've got coming up, what they've already got online. We've recently added a pen name, MK Savage, and we have our first urban fantasy Why Choose coming out pretty soon. At the end of the year? Yeah, probably in August it'll be coming out. It's our first shifter wolf shifter book and it's a rejected mate so we're pretty excited about that we've got a series we're finishing we have our anima series deceived is out and we've got erased ambushed and shattered to finish up that series coming out this year and we're doing our first book signing we're going to be at 20 books vegas at their rave signing november 10th so if anybody's around what is that 20 books to 50k it's a conference for indie writers. It's amazing. You make connections, you network. Amazon is there, Booksprout's there. About three to 5,000 people. Yeah, three to 5,000 people with hundreds of vendors. It's amazing. It's a week-long conference and we have made lifetime friends from it. On Friday, you can get a table and all the authors get tables and you lay your books out. They open up the conference for everybody to come in and purchase books and to sign and to meet your favorite authors. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we're pretty excited about that. Thanks for staying until the end and hope you enjoyed it.